Welcome to episode 40 of On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. The Ohio Hockey Digest is the foremost location for hockey in Ohio, covering every level played from youth and high school to juniors, college, and pro. Articles written to keep the hockey community up to date on all happenings with hockey in Ohio. My name is Tim Sullivan. I'm joined by Jason Lewandowski and producer Dan Humphrey. Evidently, Jay, we got the okay from management that we can ride on our own tonight. So, I think he big-timed us. I'm not going to lie to you. Yeah. It's kind of a big-time move what he's pulling tonight. Right. Well, with On Air, we are bringing you fresh content and adding voices, names, and faces to interesting people, making the Ohio hockey community better. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by the United States Premier Hockey League. The USPHL is the nation's largest amateur ice hockey league and the only league to span the continental United States and parts of Canada. The USPHL will field approximately 550 teams in 2020 and 2021, representing over 100 organizations comprised of 11,000 players spanning the ages of 6 through 20. Overall, across all of its divisions, the USPHL had more than 1,200 alumni playing college hockey in 2019 and 20, and more than 250 playing pro hockey, including the NHL. Learn more at usphl.com. Well, Jay, as we just discussed, management uh, is not with us. However, we had an unbelievable talk last week with Tony Brown, the voice of the Cleveland Monsters, as the team prepared for the start of the long-delayed American Hockey League season last weekend. Er, almost, because <laughs> they got stopped again. Uh, even though the calendar has flipped to 2021 and the AHL is back on the ice, the Monsters' first two games on the road in Rockford, Illinois, were canceled due to COVID protocols. So we talked about Tony's path in Cleveland to the NHL's interesting one. What did you find interesting about that uh, conversation uh, last week, Jay? I just found his knowledge, as we talked about it, his knowledge of the organization was impeccable. And that and his knowledge of the entire league. He could probably name me the starting lineup of Rockford before it was even decided. Um, obviously, nobody can because that got canceled, but or at least postponed. But no, his his uh, enthusiasm for the game. I mean, he, he's he's bounced. I mean, he's been all over the country doing this. My, again, my favorite, making whoopee. But uh, he's been. And as a matter of fact, I found a T-shirt that said making whoopee on it. And I was dying laughing. But anyways, you know, his travels throughout the league and the different leagues. And, and he still has that passion for for the game and, and for presenting it to the listening audience that will get them excited. And that's what he does. Yeah, absolutely. And, and um, you know, they partnered up with the new uh, station, The Gambler, uh, 1350 Fox Sports. So uh, we were looking forward to the start of the season. So uh, that makes this Friday at the Rockage Mortgage Fieldhouse, both the home opener and the season opener for the Monsters. Uh, tickets are available at www.clevelandmonsters.com. And Tony's call of the game can be heard, like I mentioned, on Fox Sports 1350, The Gambler, or streamed on AHL TV. Cleveland will be hosting the Rochester Americans at 7 p.m. Friday and 4 p.m. on Saturday. Did they say how many tickets they, or how many people they're allowing in? No. <clears throat> I know from uh, – I'm trying to look something up. From uh, uh, Tony, he said that the first tickets were going to uh, season ticket holders. And I don't know, he, he wasn't sure at the time how many more tickets would be released. Uh, and I'm assuming it's all pending uh, uh, how many of the season ticket holders 
want the tickets. And then I'm assuming they're just going to trickle down to, I guess, limited, uh, limited availability. I apologize. I was looking at something. But not good I, at multitasking I, there, sir? No, not right now. Okay. No. no. All right. I'm working on it, though. Yeah, that's good. It's, it's, it's good. I'm trying to find something that's beneficial to uh, who they're playing on Friday, and I can't find it. Well, I just looked up um, Cavs. The Cavs are allowed to have 14%, so 2,720 spectators. Okay. So I would assume it's that if or less for a Monsters game. Right. right. Well, don't they take seats out uh, for the Monsters game? There's more seats for a Cavs game, right? Yeah, they take that whole um, top section. Oh, for the Monsters game, but I don't. Maybe they keep the top section open now. And no, no, I know. Socially distance. Don't they take all the? There's a ton of seats on the floor, though, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, um, I'm actually looking to see if Dawson DePietro is on Rochester's roster. Oh. He was um, one of our one of our guests earlier on. Yeah. Dawson DePietro, a Walsh Jesuit graduate. So as, as you're looking up that Jay, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. we have a good show today. Uh, looking, looking forward to uh, Bowling Green clubs, head coach, Jack Rischel and senior defenseman, Bobby Edwards are going to join us. Uh, so we look forward to talking to those guys uh, and learning about uh, coaches, uh, you know, time coaching, playing, how did he end up at, at Bowling Green? And then Bobby Edwards is a senior defenseman for him who uh, hails from Cleveland Heights uh, here in Cleveland. So it's really going to be fun to talk to those guys. They got to play last week. How did that look? How did that work out? Um, but before that, uh, anything new from you guys? No, uh, they do have Dawson listed on the roster, but we'll see what happens. Um, no, nothing new, man. It's day to day. And, you know, you're getting in a time of year with playoff hockey going for the locals and um, just excited that we're having a playoff excited that everybody's able to play so far. Uh, I know, obviously, if if you uh, have to go into quarantine, that could mean the end of your season. So I'm hoping that everybody stays safe and uh, gets through this. I know the league tournaments are going on. I believe Baron Cup in Cleveland, the Baron Cup uh, two and three are going right now. Uh, Baron Cup one starts this week, I believe, on Wednesday. But uh, and then GLHL tournament starts this weekend or this yeah this week tomorrow. So you know, hats off to everybody that that made it through so far. And I'm hoping for a safe continuation and, and let's get this thing uh, going and finished so that right. we can say we had a full season. Again, like I said, a few, a few shows before hats off to the coaches and administrations that were able to make basically something out of nothing when it, it didn't seem like uh, things were going to continue or things were even going to open. Everybody did what they had to and what they could to make sure these kids weren't denied a season. So hats off to them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I was texted something today. Uh, just before the show that they kind of made me uh, smile, made me happy, Jay. Mm -hmm. Uh, We do have in Cleveland here, we've got a brewing company called Platform Beer. And I'm sure that that people know Platform Beer and Platform Brewery. Um, It's downtown Cleveland. Danny, is that where it's at, downtown? It is, um, no, Ohio City-ish. Okay, Ohio City area, so near yep. downtown. Is that they, the one? Is that the one near the market? So yeah, I mean, if you, the market's at Lorraine behind, and Twenty Fifth. If you go yeah. down Lorraine, yeah, it's um, it sits down there. Okay, no free well, ads. 
No free ads. No, but we have to give them free ads because, Jay, they have installed two curling lanes in their parking lot for public use. I'm going to read this. Why, why are we even recording right now? Why are we not on location from the curling rink? They said that other than leagues, uh, wait, wait, let me read this to you. It's cold enough here. We're very into athletics and sports, said Platform Beer uh, founder Paul Benner. It's just a way for people to be outside, do something while they're having a drink, and maybe something they've never done before. Uh, the brewery has set up two rinks at the lot for leagues to hold matches while also introducing the public sport. Anytime that we don't have leagues, which is Friday and Saturday, we have open play for people. So if it's just something you want to come and try, feel free to stop by. Okay. So okay. now we have to get to big time. Our, our, you know, the owner of the organization, big time. And we have to do on location. We have to do this live on location. I'm sure we could find a few people to, to curl against. I don't know how to do it. I've watched it on television as, as you know, you can, you'd be surprised who you can pick up in one telecast, if you will. Um, I, I could be an iron chef as much as, as, as oh, many cooking shows as I oh, could. It's phenomenal. It's phenomenal. And you are an excellent cook. So I think we need to do an on location. Uh, maybe we have to set it up with platform that we can uh, uh, record from there. I think that'd be a good time. I don't care if we record anything. I care that we curl. End of right. story. Right. All right. Well, today's show, uh, we are going to have Bowling Green head coach Jake Rischel on uh, and one of his players, senior defenseman, Bobby Edwards. So we look forward to seeing and uh, talking to those guys. But be before we do that, let's hear what's in the news. The Great Lakes Hockey League headed into the final weekend of the regular season with plenty still to be determined by the last four league games on the calendar, but had to adjust their postseason tournament format after Shaker Heights went into quarantine for the fourth time this season. The league released a new 16 bracket for the Cleveland Cup tournament on Saturday with St. Edward and University School receiving first round buys. U.S. earned the second buy by defeating Gilmore Academy on Friday night 2-0. Coach of the year! The league quarterfinals will be Wednesday, Ooh. followed by Friday's semifinals and the Cleveland Cup <laughs> championship game <laughs> Saturday night. All games Not will be played at OBM Arena in Strongsville, and a detail, detailed schedule can be found at OhioHockeyDigest.com. Shaker Heights head coach Matt Bartley was disappointed the Red Raiders will have to sit out the tournament, but they should be able to get back on the ice in time to compete in the district tournament. It's unfortunate. You know, I feel bad for our seniors. It's a good group, and uh, you know, we've just kind of had a lot of ups and downs this year and unfortunately had some bad, uh, bad luck with, with COVID and, you know, several, uh, you know, small, small outbreaks here and there that have derailed us for, you know, a good part of the season. But, you know, it looks, looks promising, at least right now. I'll be back to the state tournament and, you know, we're just hoping we can, you know, return and, uh, you know, focus on the positive and, you know, make a good run in the state tournament. The Great Lakes Hockey League also announced its all-star team. The forwards, John Pape of University School, Noah Schultz of St. Edward, Sean Kalenick of St. Edward, defenseman Tyler Fowles of St. Edward, Jeff Sauerland of Shaker, and the goalie, Jeffrey Fayon of University School. The most valuable player for the Great Lakes Hockey League is St. Edward's Tyler Fowles, the coach of the year. As he smiles at me, Coach Tim Sullivan of St. Edward. Congratulations, bub. Thank you, bud. 
the scholar athletes for the Great Lakes Hockey Leagues from St. Edward, Ryan Dunn from Gilmore Academy, Zach Mengel from Padua Franciscan, Britton Hellman from University School, Shane Cronin from Walsh Jesuit, Hunter Nalipka from Holy Name, Nolan Patton, and from Shaker Heights, Eric LaMonica. Congratulations to all those guys. Uh, obviously, we have coached or coached against a lot of those guys on the list, so congratulations to all of them. The Greater Cleveland High School Hockey League adjusted their Baron Cup tournaments to include every team in the league. 33 teams in all are competing in the 50th annual tournament, which is split into three divisions. To accommodate the extra teams, the tournament started a week early and is already underway. Top seeds that received buys in each division include Baron Cup 1, the Red Division, Rocky River, and Mentor. Baron Cup 2, the White Division, Olmsted Falls, Avon, Avon Lake, and Parma. Way to go, Joey P. Only number one seed, Sugarn Falls, received a buy in the 15-team Baron Cup 3 bracket. Canfield, Normandy, and CBCA are the other top seeds. The Blue Jackets Cup bracket was also released earlier this week. The top eight teams in the Capital Hockey Conference qualified for the tournament, and the seeding was able to be determined by points in the league standings. So kudos to all of the coaches for the scheduling gymnastics that they needed to do to get their league schedule in. St. Charles is the top seed, followed by Upper Arlington, Olentangy Liberty, and Olentangy Orange. The consolation bracket includes the 11 CHC teams that did not qualify for the CBJ Cup. New Albany is the favorite there. The Youngstown Phantoms of the United States Hockey League swung a trade last week, sending 18-year-old center Nate Hanley to the Green Bay Gamblers in exchange for 18-year-old forward Braden Stannard. Stannard, a 6'3", 185-pound product of Black River, Michigan, who played 16U for the Oakland Junior Grizzlies before moving on to the Maryland Black Bears of the North American Hockey League last season. Stannard collected three assists in 13 games in the USHL this season. Staying with the Phantoms, Shaker Heights native Colin Purcell made his season debut in net last week, getting back on the ice after a long layoff due to injury. We look forward to having Colin, who is committed to UMass Amherst for the 2021-2022 season, on the podcast in the coming weeks. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest on-air podcast is brought to you by the United States Premier Hockey League. The USPHL has five teams in the Ohio Hockey Digest coverage area. The Columbus Mavericks, the Toledo Cherokee, Wooster Oilers, Lake Erie Bighorns, and the Fort Wayne Spacemen. Learn more at the USPHL.com. Jake Rischel is a Bowling Green native who coached with the Fremont Wolves High School and youth programs and with the ACHA team at the University of Toledo before coming to BG as the head coach of the Division Three ACHA team in 2018. Coach Rischel will be joined by senior defenseman Bobby Edwards. Bobby has played four seasons with the Falcons after a high school career in the Greater Cleveland High School Hockey League at Cleveland Heights. Please welcome on air Jake Rischel and defenseman Bobby Edwards. Welcome, boys. Yes, thanks for having us. No problem. Thanks for joining us tonight. So uh, last week, and we're going to start right out of the rip, uh, you guys were able to start your season over the weekend uh, with a two-game set against the number nine team in the nation in ACHA Division II, Adrian College. Um Coach, I'm going to start with you, and then Bobby will we'll get your thoughts and input. But we've been off the ice for a long time. You're able to get back on the ice. you got to play, play a tough opponent in Adrian. How did the opening weekend go for the Falcons? Uh, first, how did it go? But two, how did, 
leading up to that w- week of games, how was that for you guys? Um, well, obviously just practicing since August was starting to get frustrating. Um, it, you know, uh, it's hard to keep up a certain tempo when you don't even know if you're going to get to play this year. And then all of a sudden we were approved and the tempo picked up even more. And honestly, like the guys that we have on the team this year, um, uh, play for each other every second. And, uh, I think the one thing that COVID has been good in the fact that we got time to learn, um, about each other hockey wise and just human wise. Like we got to actually know each other before we, uh, like in a regular season, it's just tryouts, a couple weeks practice, and then you're in your first games and it's just kind of sloppy at the beginning. I think that's what helped us uh, do so well uh, with our win Friday night and then still stay very competitive and almost uh, tied up at the end there on Sunday. Mute, mute, mute. Sorry, dogs were freaking barking. Uh, you use the term humanize, right? Your team now has become humanized. And I think that's a huge, huge term to use because I think what this has done, not only for teams, but for everybody, it has brought a human uh, element back to our society, right? You know, so how how excited are the guys? And Bobby, this goes to you. How excited were you as a player to be able to get back up in the rink, in the locker room, with the guys oh it was it was unreal you know with uh with the zoom classes especially i don't get to really leave my house that much so to be able to go to practice and compete with you know with the great group of guys it's been unreal and how uh, excited the freshman work got me even more excited because um definitely facing a tough opponent and basically the best team i've played since i've been in bg and they were so excited so they got me excited and then you can tell the first week leading up to practice. Like we practice at six in the morning and you know, like it's pretty hard to get guys in college to get up that early and practicing. Everyone was there and everyone was excited and it was intense at six in the morning. You got guys busting, you know, busting their butts. So yeah, it was awesome. How, how did it work? I mean, you know, you're going into what you say, Friday night, Sunday. So you're going into Friday night. Here's your first chance to not have to go against your, your own guys. Right. And so, so what was, what was the mood in the room? You know, uh, were you guys at home or were you up at Adrian? We were at Finley the first game. Okay, so you're at Finley. So your first game's at Finley. And so what's the mood in the room of, you know, our guys chomping at the bit? I mean, did you, it felt like probably, Coach, you probably felt like you're holding them back and, like, then release the hounds and let's go. Yeah, yeah, it was it was insane. Like, everyone was just super ready to go. Like, And this is the most time we've had to prepare since I've been in school. So I think we were just ready. Like, that yeah. was the first time we felt ready and, you know, we even fell down in the game, but the guys were still just going and we ended up coming back and winning. So they were just ready and they never really stopped, stopped putting their foot on the pedal. That's awesome. I think the, I think the one thing that I noticed that was a little different in the locker room was uh, there was a little bit more calm because I think it was just, we were so prepared for that puck to drop and not have to scrimmage against each other. And some of the guys being pent up had, they were able to go out and hit somebody else. And I think that was huge in just everybody was, their mindset was pure focus. So what is, what was the protocol for spectators at the game? Um, Finley, I I found it's different every rink. I think Finley was uh, uh, 155 people, but I mean, everybody had to wear masks and still had to sit apart. Um, At least you had fans though. 
That's yeah, good. Not, yeah, it was a good atmosphere, limited, limited capacity, but you know, yeah, that's awesome. So, so coach, what, oh, sorry, go ahead, sorry. Yeah, yeah. So, so you guys go down to Finley, you play uh, Friday night, and then where'd you guys play Sunday? Go ahead, Bobby. Oh, uh, we played in Adrian. Uh, okay. Yeah. And what was their protocol like? Uh, I think there was like 50 people there, maybe. Yeah, yeah I think it was it was like 25 a piece was the what they were allowing in in Michigan. So. Okay. All right. Well, hey, man, like we said, there's a lot of places that are still saying, and in a lot of places in Michigan that are still saying, uh, nobody. Sorry, you can come play hockey, but it's going to look just like your practice minus there's going to be 20 plus guys that you don't know. So that's cool that you guys were able to get that, get that off, get that going, get, you know, the excitement out of finally getting a chance to play against somebody else. That's got to be exciting. And I'm sure it was for the boys coach. We want to get to some of your background. You're, you're a Bowling Green native. Can we assume that you were a, a Falcon fan growing up? Um, yeah. I mean, I mean, growing up, I mean, I don't, I couldn't tell you how old I was. I just know that I was at the rink literally probably the week after I was born. Um, <laughs> my, my, my parents, they've been going to games since like 75. So it was just kind of like every Friday and Saturday night, you're at a Falcon game um, running around with your teammates. Cause you know, we all grew up there and everybody, that was just kind of like a family thing, a friend thing to do is go to the Falcon games. Um, and I mean, we're kind of blessed watching a lot of future pros when we were young. Yeah. Um, and so it was, I mean, it was just, it was a great atmosphere growing up there and getting to watch that. So how about your playing career? Uh, how did you get started? And then how did that eventually lead to you coaching? So, so I, I mean, you know, just kind of like all of a sudden remember that I was on the ice when I was two or three years old, started off with uh, skating lessons at BGSU. And then, um, you know, when you get into might and then it just kind of, just seem like every year you just that, that's what it is you're playing hockey like it's it's you know after a year or two if you love it it's in your blood and there's just nothing you can do um and you know that that and then just basically like after I was done playing it was uh still kind of like you have that itch and men's league doesn't cut it and like I was actually better at football but I just didn't love it as much but um I decided to just get into coaching and see where it would lead. And um, I mean, this is where, where I'm at right now. So did you start at the college level? I mean, I, I know obviously you, you began your, your college coaching career at uh, university of Toledo, but did, did you come up through youth or did you just, after you were done playing and, and, and you know, jumped into the men's league and then said, you know, to heck with this, I want to coach at this level. Did you start in college or did you come up through youth? No. So I started, I started, um, through a friend in men's league, he was coaching high school uh, club or midget or whatever, whatever it was. And mm-hmm. I just asked if I could hop on and see if I wanted to do it. And then I, that was out in Fremont uh, with the ice wolves. And then um, I coached high school out there for seven or eight years. And then uh, went down to um, uh, squirt and then moved up with them to peewee. And then after peewee, I was, I was trying to find a little more competitive and um, so that's where I, I went to University of Toledo first. And uh, I, my brother actually played there. So that's how I got in the door there. Nice. And um, and then I just felt like after um, a couple of years at Toledo, I had had a few kids that I coached when they were in high school and they had asked me to come on board. So I said, yeah. 
I thought it would be really nice to be able to coach them again. Absolutely. So, so did you, how do you feel that you're, you're starting with university of Toledo? How did that prepare you for the move to Bowling Green? I mean, we, so I think the biggest thing was the last year I was at Toledo going through the ups and downs with that group, getting the regionals and then qualifying for nationals was probably the, the, one of the best things that probably could have happened in, from a coaching standpoint, because I literally saw what it had to take to get there. And that's what I'm trying to help with this group now is like, this is what we need to do to get there. And every year we've, we've just been getting better. So um, I think that's, you know, and then getting the nationals and just having that uh, atmosphere and that uh, experience uh, hopefully will go a, lo a long way with this group that I'm with at BG. So that's awesome. So last we, we heard from you was over the summertime and, and uh, you know, you were talking how excited you were about some new recruits you had coming in for the current season. Tell us a little bit about the state of the program at BG today, uh, you know, and, and how do you feel uh, or what do you feel the direction of the program is uh, in your third year? Um, well, Bobby, I mean, Bobby, do you want to you want to kind of go over like from when I first got here to now? Yeah, I mean, I kind of be a good, good. Yeah. Player. And I can even go. uh the year before that was my sophomore year before you came and we were just terrible. Um, you know, <laughs> you're playing at 1130 at night. You know, I still had a lot of motivation to play and a couple guys did. But if you look from when Richard came this first year, we finally got some structure. And then, you know, since we've skyrocketed this team now compared to the teams I've been on here. And I play with some really good players like individually, but as a team, we've never put it together. And this is the first time we've, put it together, I think. So I think that, like, it's in great shape. We had a lot of young guys come this year and instantly make a difference, and that's just been huge for us. So I think they're definitely heading in the right direction. Right. So, so, Coach, this will go to you, and I want and I want Bobby, I want you to comment on this as well. How did you keep all your players engaged during the long layoff? Oh, um, I mean, so we, we practiced normal, like as if we were in season, but that's all it was. Um, and pretty much, I think what we did that helped was uh, just having the guys, whatever we could safely be together. Um, you know, we had to abide by a bunch of protocols just to be on the ice. So we made sure that, you know, because just even being on the ice together for practice at that point when the pandemic was really hitting, um, you know, I, I felt like it was a privilege and, and, everybody was happy in that we were doing it and then you know just guys hanging out together and 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 that's where I said like I think that this has been good to where we've actually you know have gotten to know each other other than it's just you know he's a freshman from Livonia that you know whatever now now everybody knows names and um it's a uh it's it's starting to feel like a family honestly right so so, so Bobby as, as a as a player like Coaches think differently in how to how to engage players because we don't we can't get out there and play right. Players are like you know hunting dogs; they just want to get let loose and go. So during this time of trying to keep coach trying to keep you guys engaged, how are you guys and and yourself and I mean you guys are adults. How are you guys in keeping that sense of competitiveness and engagement during that long time? Yeah, I think uh, the difference with this group is just these guys just all love hockey. Like, it's what they love to do. It's 
what they bleed every single day. So I think it really wasn't that hard to keep us that motivated because everybody just wanted to play. And even at practice, you can tell, like, the competitive level was pretty high. So I think all the guys on the team just love to play hockey. So I think it really wasn't that hard for us to stay focused. It it was a struggle at some points just because guys were getting frustrated because they really wanted to play. But at the same time, like, everyone just really wanted to play. And they came here for a reason. So they, they knew, like, what they wanted to do. Nice. So, Coach, uh, scheduling has got to be a nightmare. Uh, What kind of schedule have you been able to put together uh, for the remainder of the year? Um, uh, Yeah, it has been a nightmare. But, um, I mean, I think all the the teams that I've talked with, even if we haven't gotten a game with them, uh, just the open communication. But um, um, we've got uh, this upcoming week we play at uh, Indiana Tech. And then we've got games with – uh, Lake Superior State, um, Davenport, um, Lewis, Lewis University, uh, Concordia Ann Arbor. Um, so it's kind of a mixed bag. A couple of Division One teams, mostly Division Two, our division, and so it's just. And then we're still. I mean, the, the schedule is kind of fluid because one week all of a sudden COVID could be a, a concern, so it's canceled. So we're still scheduling games and um, literally hoping that. It just happens the week of. Right. So you guys compete in the TSCHL, and it's a great league, uh, not only for the level of play, but also for the many in-state rivalries. Um, what other T-Show teams are you going to be playing this season? As of right now, we're the only team that's uh, cleared to play. Uh, still waiting, I think, on to hear uh, from uh, Kentucky and uh, Louisville. But other than that, everybody else has uh, been canceled or they've decided not to play. So, uh, Bobby, I'm going to ask you this, and I want to actually go back to one other question. After four years or, or, or so, uh, how, what are some big rivalries for you guys that, like, looking for this year, like, damn, I wish we could play them because they're a big rivalry or what? You know what I mean? Yeah, uh, I definitely think um, Miami's a team I've never beat personally. We've come close, and they're a really good team, so I would definitely like to compete with them at this point. Uh, like OU, they're always a good team. Like Ohio State, we've 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 beat. I think probably split through my career with Ohio State, but they're still a elite team uh, that I like playing against. Uh, even Louisville, uh, we we swept them last year. That was the first time I had beat them in my four years here. So it's just really probably just like the teams I haven't beaten. Maybe Miami and OU for sure. Like teams that I've never beaten. I love to see them this year. Right. Have you, have you played? I'm sorry. Have you played at uh, Kentucky? That's where I was going to go with that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, go. Keep going. Uh, no. Keep going. Yeah. My uh, freshman, we haven't played there since my freshman year, but I actually scored my first uh, collegiate goal there. At the um, midnight? Was it the midnight at game? The midnight madness. Yeah. Oh. yeah That's all was, we hear about. That's yeah. All we've it was, heard about. It was like, I th- it was, and the funny thing, it was on break, their break. So it wasn't as, but it was still packed. Like it was on their winter break. So you would think all the students were gone, but. It was still packed, and it was yeah, it was a pretty cool atmosphere out there for sure. Coach, so cool. uh, at any if if Kentucky comes back, let's just say they say February wow or whatever I don't know what the date today is February fifteenth they're gonna start going. Are you gonna try to get that one of those midnight games? For sure, hands Absolutely. down. Um, it's phenomenal. So I I experienced it through my brother. I they needed somebody to help drive. So I went down there and I had, I had no idea about this. I had, I mean, they didn't even tell me or like, I, you know, I just thought it'd be a normal club hockey game at 10 PM at night. And, 
but I knew it was at midnight and I just thought that was the ice slot they got. So, and then I remember getting there and like people were pouring in from the football game. And I mean, I never, like there was so many, so much jean, like jean jackets and <laughs> suspenders and nobody wearing shirts. And I'm like, what? It, it, it might've been 1500 people, you know, a thousand people there something like that. And I just remember watching my brother's team play and, I mean, it, it's it's an electric atmosphere. I hope they I hope they can uh, do something like that. Hopefully this year. <laughs> so. well, That's all we've heard about. That's when we had, heard about. When we had Commissioner Driscoll on, we you know we talked about that and we talked about how when this whole pandemic goes away, we are going to do a live show, uh, our podcast from uh, the circus down there in Kentucky. Yeah, I mean that. That, that's probably one of the best ideas I've ever heard. Like it, it'll, it won't, we won't disappoint. I've, I've, we have one of the kids on our team is a transfer from Kentucky and I was talking with him and it's just every time they have it, it's different, but it's, it's still electrifying no matter yeah. what happens. Absolutely. God, that's phenomenal. So Bobby Cleveland Heights, iconic, iconic program here <laughs> in Cleveland. Heights, it, heights, it, heights. Heights, 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 heights. Man, the number of times. We're West Side guys. Yeah. We've heard heights, heights, heights since we yeah. were little kids. All right. And yeah. I know you can't see on the Zoom call, there's a lot of gray in there. So <laughs> age me a little bit, a little bit older than yourself. <laughs> However, it went through a bit of a, a downswing a few years back, dropping down into what you would know as the Blue Division here in Cleveland. Uh, but you were part of the group that was very instrumental in restoring the pride of the Tigers program. Tell us about the process you guys went through there at Cleveland Heights, uh, restoring it to, and I'm not, I mean, no disrespect in this comment in restoring it to the glory that it, that it was. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So um, my freshman year, we only had like 10 skaters, I think. And was, was Eddie your coach? Yeah. Coach Babcock was a coach. Yeah. Yeah. A great coach. um, So yeah, that year we just only had 10 players. So we only ran three D was my freshman year. And, um, and like, so that year was just rough in itself, but, um, I had another friend Connor and he ended up playing at Ohio state club for four years. And we were just always super into hockey and we always wanted to just get better. Like we played pre-post, not a lot of people from Heights play pre-post. Like mm-hmm. we played pre-post with all the elite kids. Cause we knew we could play at that level, you know, as a shaker, you know, um, Ignatius kids, but we just were playing at Heights. So it was kind of rough. And then, um, my sophomore year, we had a really good class come in and that really just boosted us from there. And we just were really competitive and we knew we could play with some of the top teams, but it was tough because we maybe only have six guys who could really play at that level. So, uh-huh. and then I think as we got on, we finally started to play uh, red division teams. We beat some red division teams by junior year. And like we had, we had went like 25 and two, but I was always trying to beg Eddie. I was like, we got to move up to the red because being these teams, a zero was cool in the white division, but I always wanted to play against the, Red division teams. And then yep. my senior year, we just had a great year. Like yep. we uh, we upset uh, Lake Catholic in the first round, um, and awesome. then we beat Seoul in the second round, which is a red another red division team. And then we lost the U.S. maybe five three, but that was just one of like we made it to the district finals my senior year. So like really, it was that group that just revitalized the whole program. Like we even started having fans come back to our games. Like it was like a it was a fun experience, but I definitely wish we could have played red division, even if we would have been at the bottom, just playing close games all the time. But Eddie did a really good job of just 
like keeping everybody motivated and like really pushed us hard to, and they ended up moving up the year I left. So, yeah. So speaking of your senior year, uh, as you know, it's Baron Cup week here in, in Cleveland now. And, oh, okay. Uh, and Baron Cup week is always a special week, right? Yeah. Um, so in 2015-16, uh, you, were, you were a senior captain. You had 50 points from the blue line. That's very impressive, young man. Very yeah. impressive. And that year, you guys beat North Olmsted 3-2 to two to capture the Baron Cup championship, yeah. Baron Cup 2 championship. What do you remember from that game? Oh, man. Well, my, like I said, my buddy Connor played Ohio State. He had a hat trick. And I just remember uh, – What's Connor's last name? Give him a shout out. Come on. Connor Lewis. Yeah, one of my best friends. Yeah, he uh he was yeah, he scored a hat trick, but we were down and I remember like we went undefeated that year in the league, white division. So North Olmstead was really the only other good team and maybe Avon. So really we kind of like swept through that pretty easily. And then I remember us being down and we hadn't won a bear cup at Cleveland Heights in 20 years, 20 plus years. So like the guys were really just we were nervous, I'm not gonna lie. We had a lot. Know, on the table, but I just remember we went up and then it was definitely an intense game. I remember the stands were packed, like that hasn't always happened in Cleveland high school hockey. So I just remember it was just a great experience, but I just remember we were excited after that about playing in the States and proving we could play with the teams above us. Well, I know your alumni were very proud. We're, we're very good friends with a lot of the guys from the 80s and the 90s, again, to date us. But however, um, they were very proud of what Eddie was able to do, um, how you guys were playing. I know that we spoke with, with a lot of the guys for, from our years, and, and they were just absolutely thrilled. One, that the program was back on the map going in the direction that it should go because it's such a rich tradition uh -huh. and it is such a, I hate to use all these stupid cliches, but it yeah. is such a storied program. I mean, right. growing, growing up, the hardest games we play against are the Heights games. Right. And, and coincidentally, some of our best friends are Heights guys. Right. Cause we used to practice against each other mm -hmm. in, 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 the, in the summer and, and early fall leading into the league in the league play. However, I mean, it, it's got to be. I mean, what was that record? Your your senior year, twenty eight five and one. Yeah. The teams promoted back to the red division after your senior year. You knocked Rocky River out of the Baron Cup. Mm -hmm. It just had to be. I mean, you guys were the 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 the. I don't want to say revitalization, but yeah, your group was instrumental in getting Cleveland Heights back. Yeah. In the conversation, and that's got to feel great. Yeah, yeah, we took a lot of pride in that too. Like it was a specific group of guys I played with since I was young. But we got, like, trying to get more guys playing pre-post, just playing more at, you know, different levels because Heights, like, a lot of kids growing up just play the Heights, maybe play A, and it's just okay. You know, double A maybe here and there sometimes. So I just tried – we just tried to get everyone playing, and we just tried to reset the culture there. Yep. And then we just had guys, like, we just had people playing, even a couple of girls. Like, we had just a deep bench, uh, and it was it was awesome for sure. Did you, did you grow up in the, in the uh, Cleveland Heights youth organization? Yeah, for sure, since, yeah, Mites – who were some of the coaches that you had that were instrumental in, in propelling you to your career mm -hmm. at Bowling Green? Um, I definitely would say uh, squirts. I would actually even go to Pee Wee's. I actually played at Cleveland Skating Club for a year. And my okay. coach, uh, I don't know if you guys know Mike Berg. Yep. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And he well. was like me and Coach Berg still talk to this day. Like he, I was really close with Berg. And he actually made me play defense. I used to play forward. And he really just showed me the game and really helped me open up the game and taught me how to pass and all that stuff. So I would say he was the most instrumental coach coming up for sure. That, uh, what what I hear you had 50, 50 points. 
your senior yeah, year? Yeah, my senior year. From yeah. the blue from the blue line? Yeah, it was. What are these <laughs> opposing teams? The opposing teams just left you alone and said, there's uh, no way he's getting through and you're just lighting yeah. a lamp? Yeah, I, I played with a lot of good players. Like uh, like I said, Connor, again, he had 100-plus. Uh, my friend Stephen Lang, he ended up playing at Cincinnati's club team. He had 100-plus. So, like, it was all of us were just tight since we were kids. So, we just yeah. made it work. Yeah. That's awesome. I just want to throw this out here, though, for our listeners that, that don't know who Bobby Edwards is. This young man is standing at six foot six on the blue line. <laughs> and they left you alone at yeah. six six. Yeah. So. I in high school I was probably six three. Oh, okay. I'm five six. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for coming out. <laughs> Bobby, how did you end up at BG and, and like what went into that decision? Um, so I knew I really wanted to play hockey. Uh and I knew BG had a club team, but honestly, I was nervous. But I come from a hockey family, like everyone plays, my dad played. So I really tried to leave my bag at home because I was nervous when I first went to college. And he ended up throwing my bag in the back. I didn't even know he brought it. And he was <laughs> like, yeah, you have to try out. Like, you have no choice. Because that's all we do is hockey in my house. So um, I just knew BG was close. It, I visited. It was cool. And then I just uh, talked to the coach. But I didn't really know what was like what was going on at the level. But I knew I wanted to play at the next level. Like I said, in high school, I always wanted to play red. But I always knew I had more to give to hockey. So uh, I went to BG and tried out and made the team. And it was like the best thing that ever happened to me, for sure. What What's your major? What do you study? Uh, health and Human Services. Oh, good for you. Yeah. You'll always have a job. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> I, I hope so. <laughs> yes, you will. <laughs> That's awesome. So, Coach, the 2021 TSCHL Tournament, was to be hosted by you guys there at Bowling Green. Yeah. <clears throat> we were invited by Commissioner Driscoll to sit yep. in the in, in the commissioner's suite. Now, he told us he was going to give us a per diem of, I think, $2 for the uh, uh, vending machine. We, we were hoping for a little bit more. But any idea if you'll get to host the 2022, or is that too early in the decision process? Um, I'm pretty sure we're going to get the opportunity to – say if we want to or not uh really the only it's just a thing of finding out obviously if the varsity program has games that weekend versus you know what ice is available but um we're we're going to prepare to host it yeah. um i've already told the uh, commissioner in the league that we we definitely do want to host it um you know we we've gone down to louisville a couple of years for playoffs and you know kind of seeing you know going down there and having to travel um I thought it was time to, you know, try to bring it back up north. And, and um, I mean, it's it, BGSU's Slater Family Ice Arena is one of the, you know, uh, w- with the renovations they have done, it, there is some brand new, but it still has that old barn feeling. Uh-huh. And I, I think it's like the perfect mixture of uh, an ice arena. You know, it's when you're there for a varsity game or even our games now, it's loud. I mean, um, that tin that tin roof helps. Yeah, yeah. oh, it's I mean, louder it, than can be in that place. I love it. it there's noise, you know, and 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 that's a good uh, good atmosphere to be in and play in. So, how do you feel with all the ups and downs? And, and hats off to you guys. And I said this earlier when when we do our little bit at the beginning, but you uh, trying to maneuver through this pandemic, one in itself is is unbelievably hard. Two, trying to schedule games. Three, trying to get your guys ready to go if 
you were okay to play. Now you're okay to play. How do you, I mean, this is kind of an open-ended question because you're, you're not going to know until you guys absolutely go through it, but how do you see the season going for you guys amidst all this adversity? I mean, I, literally my hat's off to the, the, the guys on the team. Like I know for me, the uncertainty of not knowing, like as, as a hockey coach and growing up in hockey, like, I mean, for 6 a.m., score practice my mom had me at the rink at 501 like so <laughs> not knowing what was going to happen all year or even just you're just kind of like floating in the air not knowing what you're doing next week because it could be everything could be shut down um but like everybody stayed calm everybody was just kind of like all right let's let's just get through it week by week day by day and we were presented with tasks to get done by the university and working with them and them actually like working a lot with us and helping us. Um, and now we're, now we're here, now we're playing. And it's, um, it's, I mean, even though we've only had one week of games, it's been fun. That's awesome. All right, what about you? What, what's, what's your uh, outlook for this season? Um, you know, this is it for you, right? Yeah. Uh, um, we'll see. Uh, I definitely think that, I definitely want to just uh, – not me, but I think as a group, we want to prove we can play at an elite level. And I think the first showing against Adrian was an example that we can because we believe we can and we know we can. I think we just want to start proving that we can because we have uh, – you know, BG has had the best reputation recently since I've been there, so we want to start showing teams like we can definitely play with the best teams in the country. So I think that's what we're looking to prove this year for sure. Absolutely. Coach, you got anything to, you know, we get, we do get a lot of high school kids in the Cleveland area and in Columbus, whatever it may be that listen to our show. Do you have anything you want to share? Uh, maybe that they may not know about uh, your program, uh, you know, to try to get the good word out uh, to those that are listening. Yeah. I mean, it, really like, I think the biggest thing that we look for, uh, you know, as, as a, like the leadership group in the players and the coaching staff, we kind of always, talk to each other about what, who we want, what kind of player we want. And uh, like this freshman class is a big example. Um, almost all of them were captains in their program. And um, you have to be a good human being. Like I, it, I want you to be able to come here and be a good teammate, um, even if you're not wearing a letter. And I think that it, we've seen, especially the younger guys are probably some of the most vocal I've seen in years. And I think that came from them being leaders at their high school programs. And also too, like, you don't have to go to juniors. You don't have to try to play another year of AAA or something to, to make the team. As long as you can uh, work your butt off and, and care and, and put in the work, then, you know, you'll be able to, you can play here. It's not, you know, rocket science. It's just, you know, everybody's got to treat each other well. And uh, you still got to be able to want to learn and get better every year. So that's, any, any any player that's in high school or, or at the junior level that's interested in getting more information on uh, the BGSU uh, club team, where can they find that at? Um, so our, our school website is under construction right now. They're they're literally working on it right now uh, since we got cleared to play. Um, but um, I think if you go on the the ACHA website, um, my email and phone number is on there. So you want you want you want you want to give that out if if you don't mind. Yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. If, um, if you want to reach me by phone, it's 
1-800-285-2955. And then uh, my email is jrishel15 at gmail.com. Um, and, you know, I just get a hold of me any which way. If anybody wants to talk about hockey, about the program, that's, that's what we're here for. Great, great. Bobby, anything before we wrap up today? Anything you want to say? Anything? Uh, shout outs to your Cleveland Heights boys, maybe? or yeah. <laughs> Nah, just thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. And uh, if anyone's looking to come to VG, it's a great program. We got a good thing going. We have our own rink. Not a lot of club teams have their own rink on campus. So I think uh, it's definitely a program people should look at. Awesome. Well, Bobby, thank you. Good luck the rest of the year as a player. Thank you. Uh, and good luck with your, your future field. Uh, Coach, thank you, thank you for uh, coming on, talking to us. Uh, most importantly, though, as as a coach, it's it, it was hard. It's been a hard year. So, uh, and I know these guys are very thankful for the work you've put in. So, thank you for continuing to do that in a tough, tough time. Um, really enjoyed hearing your guys' story. Really enjoyed hearing about Bowling Green State University's club uh, program, where it was, as you stated, Bobby, years ago, to where it is today. Uh, just unbelievable strides. Uh, we look forward to reporting more on the good things that are coming out of uh, Bowling Green uh, Club Hockey. So, gentlemen, thanks again. Uh, Good luck this weekend. Stay safe, everybody, and we'll talk to you guys soon. This episode of the Ohio Hockey Digest On Air podcast is brought to you by the United States Premier Hockey League. Find out how to try out for a junior hockey team in your area at usphl.com. Well, Jay, another good uh, episode, another good interview, man. I mean, management, although he hounds us a lot, gets some really good guests lined up for us to talk to. But most importantly, a lot of good guests for our listeners to listen to. Bowling Green State University Club head coach, Coach Richel, and senior defenseman Bobby Edwards from Cleveland Heights joined us. And, and again, listening to these guys talk, and, and I, I know it, it's it's like beating a dead horse here, but we all we talk over and over again, how did you get through the, the pandemic? How did you keep everyone motivated? I love listening to people's stories and their paths and how they do it. Now, you know, we talk to the high school, we talk to the pro, we talk a little bit of college. Now you're talking about a a bunch of guys who are playing club hockey, like Bobby said, get up at 6 a.m. to practice. And you're trying to keep them motivated. I thought it was, I thought it was pretty interesting. Well, the two things that I took away from this are Coach Richel talking about wanting players in his program that were good people. And, and that's huge. You know, you got a lot of, a lot of uh, teams, a lot of organizations that want the best hockey player only, and they'll deal with the rest. Well, that's, you're not building the right way that way. You know, how many, how many pro guys have we talked to? How many college recruiters have we talked to? And, and I remember Ian Moran talking about it of, uh, of uh, neutral zone scouting. You want the good people, the good people. You you can make a good hockey player, but you can't make a good person. So the fact that he he flat said it, it, he's searching for good people that can mesh well in his organization. That's phenomenal. Bobby's drive to want to be better, to play at a higher level from the time he was at Cleveland Heights to the time now here at Bowling Green, he's wanted to improve and make himself better, make the guys around him better. And those are unique characteristics to find in a team sport, especially at a college level. At a college level, you want to be on a good team, but you understand you're promoting yourself. I mean, look at junior hockey. You're promoting yourself. You're trying to move yourself on. No disrespect intended. 
That's the nature of the beast. I understand it. However, Bobby's message of, of the, the group of guys and coaches, coaches message of getting the guys to become better humans, to getting them to, to talk to each other, to learn each other, to know each other, to make it seem more, as he said, like a family and the drive of, of a senior leader like Bobby and, and his want to improve the group as a whole. I mean, heck he, he came from Cleveland Heights where they were down in numbers and he helped grow it to what it used to be. And now here he is at Bowling Green going from his freshman sophomore year where it was a little bit unstable. Coach comes in, instills some discipline, some um, some good uh some some good, I guess he made it better. You know, he he held them accountable. He made them want to be at the rink to get to know each other to to build this the correct way. It was an awesome interview. I love talking to local guys. I love talking to the college guys to see, because when you, by the time you get to college, you know, there's other things creeping in, you know, you're in high school, you got, you're meeting girls, you're meeting boys, you're, you're understanding how the high school thing sets up and you go to college. Now, you know, real life is knocking on your door. So the fact that, that you can still multitask and create your life going and also stay within a team concept and get it going the way that is possible. Right. And, and hats off to those guys, hats off to coach for, for doing a great job up there in BG and for the young guys that came in, man, listen to your coaches, listen to your veteran leaders. You're going to, you're going to, you're going to accomplish great things. Hats off to Bowling Green and, and what they got going there. 14 freshmen and sophomores on the current playing roster right now. Holy 14. You know, kudos to them, man. That was great. Well, I'd like to, I'd like to have Coach on at a later date. Yeah. You know, let's run it back and, and see. You know, how did those young guys handle the, the hitting the wall, and how did they handle the long season? Now that you know it started so late, let's see how they matured, and, and let's get back with them again in next uh, next fall before they start again. It, 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 sky's the limit for those guys. Right. Absolutely. So at the end of last week's show, we talked that we were going to have head coach Ohio university's head coach Cole Bell on. Uh, he was supposed to be with us tonight. However, they had to push some of their games and, and be flexible. Uh, the Bobcats rescheduled some games for tonight and tomorrow. So we pushed that interview back uh, to the last week of February, our upcoming episodes for our uh, listeners out there. Our next episode, Ohio high school athletic association league tournament recap in a district tournament preview. Then we will have head coach of the Ohio University Bobcats, uh, Cole Bell. After that, we'll have former Gilmore star and current Northeastern University women's hockey player, Annie Fitzgerald. That's going to be a good show right there, Jay. Look mm-hmm, forward to talking to her. Mm-hmm. And then March 11th, we'll have our state tournament preview. I want to thank everybody that came on. Coach Richel and senior defenseman captain, Bobby Edwards uh, for giving their insight today on the Bowling Green State University ice hockey program. We continue to grow the game as best as we can. This is On Air, the Ohio Hockey Digest podcast. All you folks what it's all about now it's time for to get on the mic and make this mother party hot i'm taking it back to the old school because i'm an old fool who's so cool if you want to get down i'm gonna show you the way there it is let me hear you say Woo. There it is. Come on, y'all.
and bent as I puff on dank. Rock the mic. Uh-oh, I crazy skin rip. Find a honey dip to dip it in. Slam dunk it, stick it, flip it and ride that B-double-O-T-Y-O-M-I.